वेलकम टू एपिसोड 106 ऑफ द स्लीप विस्परा पॉडकास्ट वीविंग शामानिक एनर्जी मेडिसिन इंट्यूटिव कोचिंग एल्केमी साउंड हीलिंग एंड होलिस्टिक अप्रोचेस टू ट्रांसफॉर्मेशन कोचिंग एंड मेंटरशिप फॉर द पास्ट 20 इयर्स अशेरा सरफाटी हैज बीन सर्विंग क्लाइंट्स ऑन देयर जर्नीज ऑफ अवेकनिंग टू देयर हाईएस्ट पोटेंशियल्स She facilitates workshops, trainings and apprenticeships for women to connect with their authentic empowerment and intuition. Ashera leads international retreats as well as an annual pilgrimage to Peru for the last 14 years. She has been blessed to train and study with a variety of renowned teachers, shamans and healers. and in numerous transformational healing and coaching modalities over the last 20 years she has lived in the andes mountains of peru and was initiated into an apprentice directly into the andean indigenous earth and wisdom keeper lineage as a full mesa carrier ashira has a thriving practice serving women on their awakening journey we're always dreaming in indigenous culture we are always in a state of dream shamanism is a fascinating area and ashira walks us beautifully through her journey in the andes with the indigenous tribe shamanism and dreams to help us understand that magical synergy with nature as a potent power living high up in the mountains is always a teacher and she takes us through how we might connect with nature to help our healing journey how can we become like the wind how might we become like the mountains we are nature itself and this episode walks us through this power how can we tune into the more subtle aspects of consciousness while sleeping dreaming and everything through the tutelage of nature accepting that we can always learn more always surrender better and embrace greater changes of power within us that will always guide us through the deepest healing journey many of the episodes on the podcast bring you this passion faith and magic of people who have walked the talk scroll through the show and find your favorite ones Hey everyone, I'm Deepa, Light Functional Medicine Practitioner, author and yogini and you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer podcast, the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Ashera, I've got goosebumps just thinking about our conversation ahead and I'm sure since we are speaking a lot about the psychic aspects and uh, of 
poor sleep and dreaming that there's some level of uh, psychic guidance that brought the two of us together as well. I definitely feel there's some uh, soul resonating there. And today we are speaking about so many things. And even though we've done several episodes on dreaming, I think this one is very unique because first of all, you've got the shamanic roots and I that's an area that's always held fascination for me and we are speaking about psychic roots which prevent uh, proper sleep we're also speaking a little bit about indigenous aspects of dreaming and different types of dreams and of course this is not about exactly what dreams mean but how can we use those messages to support our life maybe use them as intuitive guidance in choosing uh, a path ahead and I know you've got experience with this so just share a little bit about the magical journey of Ashira herself because you remind me of this shamanic priestess this potently powerful woman so I'm always excited to have my female-centric conversations beautiful I'm so glad to be here and sharing with you and uh, yeah, uh, it feels like it was uh, magic that we're brought together to share this topic and go deeper into sleep, into dreaming. And uh, for me, uh, my roots, um, you know, I've I worked with have worked with energy medicine and shamanic healing now for 20 plus years. But really, it went down back to when I was a child where I was a dreamer and I've always been a dreamer. I've always been a dreamer, meaning I've always had really um, powerful, potent and fantastical dreams and dreams of guidance. And my dreams, in fact, brought me to the path that I was on to not just study, but apprentice in shamanic healing and eventually live in the Andes of Peru in the mountains for seven years among the indigenous people. And that was something that I dreamt about. And I didn't know where until when I got there that it actually was manifesting. So that's very interesting. And so for me, it's been a long journey. And I also had trouble in my life sleeping at different times and as a child, or my dreams would disturb me. But Anyway, I'll go into that a little later, but um, I work with clients to help them on various things, not just sleeping or dreaming, and it assists them invariably to have better sleep and to improve their connection with their dream life, which is not just when we're sleeping. In the Indigenous culture, we're always dreaming. We're, this is a dream. We dream this in through our conscious, um, well, basically our super subconscious and super conscious dream this in. So it's an area uh, that I am very interested in and, and really enjoy helping people with. Ashera, I think we should just probably get started talking a little bit about your experience living among this indigenous people of, I mean, the Andes sounds magical in itself. So maybe I'd love to know 
what did you learn from living there for seven years? Because seven years is not a short time. And uh, obviously, there were some deep learnings from the indigenous people themselves. So what did you learn, of course, generally in terms of uh, uh, living a healthy and um, sacred life, but also specifically in terms of sleeping and dreaming. And I would love to know that before we actually explore different aspects of dreams. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, uh, well, living amongst the indig indigenous people and as well in the high Andes, it's very high elevation, 11,000 feet, sometimes more. And so you are amongst the, the, the high peaks of the Andes, um, excuse me. And the um, it's, it is like a dream. <laughs> and so the indigenous people of Peru are the Caro um, are high up in the mountains. They live high up and, I, of course, didn't live at 15,000 feet with them. I'd visit with them. Um, but I lived in the valley, which is 10,000, 11,000 feet. And I learned to connect deeply with nature there in a way that is becoming like the wind, becoming like the sun, becoming the mountain. And these are the teachings of the indigenous people of the Andes that we are nature itself. And so we're constantly communicating and reading the signs with nature. And when I was there, one really amazing thing is my dreams. I already was a dreamer, <laughs> but my dreams went off the hook, basically. They were so potent and so psychic. And a lot of people that go there notice that that their dreams are pretty strong. So the indigenous people there um, have this concept called uh, of dreaming. They're dreaming the world into being. That's what they say. So where we put our energy, where they put their energy is what happens. And so they'll communicate with the with nature and they'll know through their dreaming while they're sleeping, but also dreaming awake. They'll get the signs of a storm coming or mm. what to plant. So a lot of these psychic dreams are basically, you know, we call psychic, but for them, it's just a constant communication with nature itself. So for me, I began to learn, okay, what mountain do I need to go up to? And it would come into my dream or what you know, what aspects? So I would learn how to tune in to more of the subtler aspects of consciousness with regards to sleeping, with dreaming and other things and their presence through their tutelage and also the tutelage of the earth itself, because it's so much a part of life. And I think, Ashira, that sounds so sacred. And this sounds a lot like some of the beliefs that resonate deep within the upper Himalayas. So when I lived in the Himalayas, there was a similar view that, um, you know, you are deeply connected with everything around you. Nothing matters to you. When I was there, I don't think it, I, I, I could live without a phone or any form of communication for a month and it didn't matter at all. And you're so right that I think at that point, the dreams were more vivid, the, they were far more intuitive. So I think there's something 
definitely sacred up in the mountains. Uh, and communicating with nature, that itself sounds so magical. And I'm wondering what actually brought you back after living in such a magical space? Because I don't think I would have come back. <laughs> well, you know, uh, life takes us to places. And I had dreamt about that place, even though I didn't know where it was as a child. And I, you know, I wasn't looking for it, but it came into my life. And uh, the Carol came into my life in my dream. And when I was training in energy medicine, shamanic healing, the dreams brought me there. And as well as it just was a feeling. So what brought me there and also what brought me back. So what brought me back was, you know, I had learned so much from the mountains and from the earth. And I had learned so much from the indigenous people. And though I was doing healing sessions at a distance, on the phone and just at a distance with people around the world. And there, what happened was, you know, it is a third world country, as you know, but also it was a deep call that I had to come back to North America. And I think part of it was to share this medicine right. yeah. over here, yes. because yeah. even though I was sharing it, there was something about being in a way in the U.S., which is the belly of the beast in some way, especially now with everything that's going on and sharing um, this wisdom of the earth, which is we can access anywhere. You don't have to be at the top of a mountain. And the truth is we have to learn how to weave it into our daily life. But it's a wisdom that needs to be shared to be brought forward. It's part of the prophecy, which is called the eagle and condor prophecy. And it's called the prophecy. It's because when the eagle and the condor fly together, it's because the, uh, the puma of the north and the puma of the south wake up. And so there's a sense of awakening in the north, you know, North America, the Western world, basically, that has to happen for the whole world to awaken. And so what we're doing now is awakening within the dream. So it's not just dreaming while we're sleeping. Again, it's awakening within this dream. You know, I know in, in different uh, indigenous traditions, they have names for it. This dream is called Maya, the illusion, you know, or whatever we want to call it. So I think there was something in me that even though I loved it there, I could feel that it had expired. But I still go back every six months and I bring people there and then bring the medicine back. Just kind of calling myself a rainbow bridge, um, just going across the rainbow bridge. Love yeah. it. And I think, I think, Ashira, there's a lot of, um, even the gurus up in the Himalayas always talk about this. They don't want the uh, student to be there forever. They eventually tell you, go back because spread the message. There's a reason why you what, something brought you here. And then there's your journey where you need to go and spread that. So I totally resonate with that. And what does shamanism actually tell us or the wisdom? of the earth tell us about sleep what is the sacred aspect of sleep well Deepa the the sacred aspect of sleep according to you know the indigenous people and I say that because in the Andes they're more mystics it's mystical shamanism as opposed to when we think of shamanism we think of more of the jungle or in Siberia, it's slightly different. 
in the Andes, which is where I've spent most of my my studies and tutelage or apprenticeship with regards to the indigenous wisdom, is uh, more of a mystical uh, practice or a mystical shamanism. And what it shares about sleeping and dreaming is basically everything is energy. And so when we're not sleeping well, there's something in our energy, in our field. And this is deeply because of something around us, um, something within us. It could be ancestral. It could be a trauma that we're carrying. It could be um, any number of things, energy that we've taken on from, from others, stress, so physical and emotional, as well as psychic level, or even lifetimes, a trauma that's activated in our life that um, is there and interrupts or disrupts the calmness of the sleep. And of course, of the dreams too can create nightmares. When someone has nightmares in the indigenous culture, they go to a shaman, they go to a healer, they go to someone because there is something happening on a deeper level. And until you get to that root, it will continue. And so there are ways to look into that realm that, you know, we are um, as shamanic practitioners or mystical practitioners, energy practitioners, we can see between the worlds into the realms. And there's a lot going on uh, beyond this three dimension of just going to sleep and waking up. Yes. And within that realm, the disruption can create poor stress, poor sleep. It can create nightmares. It can create all sorts of things that affect someone's health on all levels. So there is always, when there's poor sleep, you have to look at the deep roots of the emotional and psychic and family ancestors. You look at it in context of a whole thing, not just one area of the physical life and health. I love that. And I'm wondering whether we can go into that a little deeper and break down some of that because trauma I relate to completely. And I know how uh, there's so much depth, so many layers to healing from trauma. And it's just never consciously speaking about it and feeling that that it can be resolved there can be ripples of effect on the psychic level uh, yeah. so I would love for you to break this down as much as possible so really tune into what is going on and I love the fact that you brought attention to sleep is not just a physical aspect of going to sleep and waking up and there's so much happening in that space so um uh, if you could just break down, especially if you could go a little bit more into trauma, because I think as a world and as a culture, there's a lot of perpetuating trauma and often it's uh, ignored or not given adequate attention. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're totally correct and right on. It's an area that is so important and it affects everybody's health and well-being. Um, and so the, how trauma affects our sleep and dreaming is huge and an ability to deeply relax or dream and 
really on the psychic level, there's so much going on um, underneath. And most people are very externally focused in the world, you know, do their work, be at the computer, and they don't pay attention to what's really going on inside and the deeper levels. And that's where the answer is. And with regards to trauma, anything can be a trauma. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. It yes. could be birth is a trauma, you know, um, you know, a child that goes through something and they feel something. It's not about the external circumstance. They can carry that deep within. There can be, you know, um, overstimulation. There's so many tra traumatic um, interpretations that people have. And I think and, also, Ashera, that it, trauma varies from you to me. So sometimes it's unfair to think that someone's trauma is any less than mine. You know, I mean, it's totally different to that person. That trauma can be deeply debilitating. Yeah. How things affect us. It could be the same thing and affect two different people, completely different. Some people register it. And that why? Because it it's a, a sum of again coming back to the community and the bigger picture. It could be ancestral. If you believe in past life, it could be imprints of many sorts. And so there is on the level of the psyche so much going on with trauma, and it's stored in the unconscious. So when we go to sleep, it can disrupt the sleep if that trauma is resting underneath. It could not just create nightmares, but waking up, not falling back asleep, because the person may not want to go back in to that sensation, to that feeling. You're accessing when you sleep, when you go into deeper states of, of REM and dream states, you go deeper and you're going deeper into layers of your unconscious and subconscious and consciousness and memories. And those, if there's trauma in there, which I believe everybody has on some level, then you're accessing that and you're in that world. And so that can affect your sleeping and dreaming. And how do you, it's like there are levels of consciousness when you're sleeping are addressed. You're in that world. You're in another world. You may be journeying into this other world of your past or the trauma. And it registers in the body if there is a trauma as pain. And it can cause physical pain in your body or it could just keep you awake. It could create a nightmare. And so the a disability, I want to say that inability to deep sleep is definitely um, not just affected, but I think the root cause is emotional and psychic level um, and especially trauma. So there's a lot of deep levels of trauma that have to be looked at when you're addressing sleep and releasing those from the psychic body and the physical body, the energetic body, and almost that deep place in the memory, how to let, how to enter that space and release that. So it's not stored so deeply in there and someone can go deeper into sleep. 
And is there any truth, Ashera, in uh, maybe these layers which are there within us as we go into sleep that trauma might be at the top, but then when you work, give priority and you work through those layers, then you access more beautiful spaces of the psychic self? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there are different levels and layers and kinds of dreams and uh, and kinds of sleep. And of course, the less trauma you have, the more you're going to be able to be in those magical dreams. But even if you do have trauma, you can access, you know, all these different layers of dreams, whether they're the psychic, the magical realm, the dimensional, the, the, the prophetic, the connection with, you know, uh, you know, your guides or allies or whatever it is, is accessible to everybody with or without trauma, with or without challenges in sleep. But of course, if you're not sleeping, it's hard to go to those deeper levels of dreaming and harder to remember your dreams. And so that's an important part of it as well. If you have trauma, sometimes you don't want to remember your dreams. So you're, you're kind of pushing yourself away from sleeping and dreaming. And so, like you said, those deeper layers, of course, when there's less trauma, you can go into these amazing magical dreams and the layers of consciousness that are available without having to fear of going there because you've cleared that out of your unconscious. And I would love for us to talk about different kinds of dreams before we actually come to your approach for helping people with sleeping and dreaming. And you mentioned the eagle and it um, gave me goosebumps when you mentioned that, Ashira, because two nights ago, and I've had several dreams where I'm a bird and I'm flying, but two nights ago, I had this dream that I was this massive eagle and I was flying and uh, I told my husband about this and then when you mentioned this I there was a shiver that just shot up my spine so I'd love for you to I know that we don't really bring attention to what a dream specifically means but I would love for you to talk about different kinds of dreams and maybe bring a little insight into my dream more as a way for people to understand how to make the connections of whatever uh, nature symbols that come to them in their dreams. Yes, so dreams are profound. They're teachers and they are, um, you know, our gateway to our soul, to our purpose and to our guidance. And, you know, so, you know, your dream was an incredible dream in the eagle. Of course, I'm very connected to the eagle. I've dreamt of the eagle. I've seen many eagles and condors and the eagle, of course, you know, we all can access when we think about the eagle, it's a sense of freedom, you know, it's flying. And of yeah. course, it depends what an eagle is doing in your dream. Like if it's sitting on a branch or eating something or flying, that will give you more information. So it's not just the symbol, but it's also the feeling that you had when you were uh, connecting to the eagle and you're saying Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I felt I was the eagle and I felt a sense of power and freedom. Uh, and uh, I remember a previous episode on dreaming where someone said that 
it matters what does what is the dream symbolize to you personally and try to carry that symbolism with you as a way to use and nurture the quality of your life so i've been just trying to bring attention to that yeah so that feeling so you can you you know whatever comes up in your dream as a positive symbol that gives you it's like a power it's it's an animal that's given you its power we call this in shamanic practice your power animal it's one of your power animals and basically it's not the physicality of the of the animal it's the feeling and it's a frequency everything has a frequency you know when we think about an eagle it has a frequency when we think about a bear it has a frequency when we think about a little hummingbird there's a different feeling that we have and that is the medicine for you that's coming in to take with you to embody and carry forth it's like a transmission and so the more you just are sitting and closing your eyes and feeling that energy of being the eagle it brings you that freedom so when different symbols or animals come into the dream they're allies or frequencies or energy and instead of having to really unpack them mentally what we can do is just sit with the feeling of it. You know, the other night I had a dream about a bear um, mm. because I was camping a couple of weeks ago and I did see a bear and it came right up to the picnic table. It was really powerful. And this last week I've had a couple of dreams with a bear in it. And the bear was um, by some stick, just feel its protective energy. And so for me, it was really embodying and feeling that in my life. And when we embody, we feel, we connect with the essence of the symbol, then it empowers us to, to, to bring that into ourselves. It is us because everything in our dream is us. So when we have different dreams, it's about the quality, the feeling. And I always tell people to just write the down or spend a few minutes in the morning to be with their dreams and the more you write them down and the more you're with them the more you remember them but i don't know if that answers your question but yeah each thing has its has its unique thing so if we dream of water it's how you felt in the water was the water moving was the water still how um you know, you know, it's really bringing yourself back into the dream and how you sensed it. And also unpacking, is it prophetic or is it a medicine dream bringing that a healing to you? Is it uh, working out something unconscious? So it's, it's definitely one of my loves to look at people's dreams and look at my own dreams and so thank you for sharing that amazing dream of the eagle and no coincidence. So there, it seems like there could have been some prophetic energy too, because I work very strongly with the eagle and, and my medicine is the eagle condor is, uh, you know, helping bridge these two medicines, which Perhaps. is the awakening. I'm just so, thinking that how, what a sense of fortitude that I dreamt that two days before our conversation. I mean, that itself spells magic to me. And I have other thoughts as well on that, which we'll discuss later. But um, I would like you to speak a little bit more about why nature is revered and is so sacred among the indigenous culture and um, what is that magic? I 
know nature is potent because there's so much depth of teaching in the mountains, the trees, the different animals. It's just sacredness everywhere. But what has brought that level of sacredness to shamanism? Mm. So before we had these huge cities, everybody was living more simply on the earth. So if you think about um, a thousand years ago, mm. you know, we did not have the computers and the phones and all the stimulation. We lived with the earth. We lived very connected to the earth. We had to know when there was going to be rain, when we had to plant the seeds, you know, listening to the wind. And so all Indigenous cultures, not just in Peru, everywhere in, in the whole world was always connected to the cycles of life. And this wisdom is our wisdom of the earth. As humans, we need Mother Earth. You know, we can't survive without the sun, without the water, without the air. You know, um, we, we need that with you know the sun the earth the air the fire water is our life and it's within us and so in the indigenous cultures um it's just part of life it's not even shamanic it's is it's just everybody's nature mm. but as time has gone forward as we see there is a disconnection from that you know some people may not even know you know, what the the face in the moon or what's going on in the skies, you know, they don't look outside, they don't connect with their physical surroundings. And so in the indigenous cultures, and especially in Peru, when you go to Peru, there's obviously the cities there as well. But when you go into the mountains, and I'm sure in any part of the world, in, in India, when you go further out, people are more connected to the earth yes. and, the, and the wisdom of the earth. And that is the original wisdom. That is the wisdom that brings us into connection with the, the purpose of us as humans to be here. So the importance of um, the not just the visible world, but the invisible world has always been honored because we're not just in a third dimension. There's a lot going on. And we see that when we're dreaming. And that's why they say we're always dreaming. We're always creating, you know, so in the indigenous cultures, the earth is everything. And I think I would go to say that it is for all of us and we've forgotten and we're just we have to remember, and everybody knows when they go in nature, they're like, oh my gosh, it was the beautiful ocean or, you know, it touches everybody's hearts because it is our connection. It is our source connections. It's where we're from. And so, yes. And I think Ashira, what you said was, even if we don't have a spiritual or psychic aspect to wanting to reconnect with nature, in a way which is more mystical and full of gratitude. I think the benefits of just being in nature are just even improved creativity. We just bring out a deeper side of ourselves. But I would like you to now take us through actually how would you uh, help someone 
to sleep better and to uh, dream in a way that is fulfilling and helping them to nurture and nourish their lives and what are, what would be the way you did mention right at the start about the psychic imbalance to poor sleep so how might we actually begin to restore and uh, reconnect with ourselves in a way where we improve this quality of sleeping and dreaming yeah, so it's multi-layered. And so uh, depending if a, a client comes for an energy or shamanic session or a coaching session or both, we have to address a multitude of things. First of all, as you probably, you know, the obvious is when we go to the first layer on the physical layer, you know, are you on the computer till 11 at night or 12 at night? You know, and you've probably heard this from other practitioners, sleep rituals and, you know, having a bath, relaxing the nervous system, yes. you know, using essential oils. And, you know, I won't go into those because I'm sure most people know yes. about that, whether they do it or not, you know, low lights on your computer, etc. But on the deeper layers, what I would say is, you know, what's going on in your life, you know, and so we would set up for a session the way I work is it's somebody lays down, whether they're in front of me or in the other side of the world. And, um, you know, we just chat a little bit about the, their deepest challenge, because whatever your deepest challenge is, is going to show up in your lack of sleep or your challenges in dreams or the quality of your dreams or the message of your dreams. And then we then I'll proceed to do um, some deeper work, which I can share more about. Yes. And what happens if someone is not even in tune to really understand what are their challenges? Because one thing that I come across a lot, Ashira, is that there's a form of self-denial often and people usually don't acknowledge the most challenging parts of their life. Most often they're trying to convince themselves that it's not a challenge and they're in a good space. So where do you begin mm -hmm. with, with that? Yeah. So, well, first of all, there's a couple of different things. First of all, somebody has to at least acknowledge there's something in order to come. Otherwise they wouldn't call me. So there has right. to be, a, yes. you know, but yes, there can be a level of deep denial. So it's like, yeah, well, I have this challenge, but I'm pretty good. Okay. But I want to sleep better. Okay. So that is fine. So what I'll, I would do is I, um, I get permission to access their energy body, their energy field. And so when I do that, I can track, it's, it's a process called tracking, and I can track their energy field um, and where the stuck energy in their field is. I begin with that. And, you know, um, some people call it in the chakra system or the chakra or the energy. And it, it's sort of, I'll, I will see where the challenge is energetically. So I'll begin to work with that and start to clear it and interface with it, as well as do some journeying and ask what is going on. And I might find there is a trauma when they were three, or I might see, I, I, you know, I start to see images and I receive information as I work with what it is that is there. And I will communicate that to the client. Generally, I do that now because I believe it's important that somebody has to know 
what is going on. I'm not there just to say, okay, here, I'll heal you. You go home. I, it's, um, we are our own healers and we have to acknowledge and bring it to the surface. So if somebody doesn't want to acknowledge it, then there still can be a healing and clearing, but you know, coming back for a second session, I'd probably be like, well, you know, they wouldn't, they would begin to acknowledge it. It brings it to the light of day to say, oh yeah, I do remember I felt stress as a child. I do remember that. And, you know, there's nothing that they have to analyze about it, but it's just simply allowing it. And so I clear um, some of that energy with, with, you know, off their, their field, that heavy energy, I might do some journeying. Um, I may do some other theta clearing, going up to a higher state, any agreements or contracts or times I may be taken to the time where there was a trauma. And, you know, so I move along dimensions of time. And in that time, there may be even a younger version of that person stuck in time. And really interfacing and saying, you can let go, you're safe now. So I'm basically doing journeying. So I'm working on the psychic uh, shamanic level, as well as just the energetic with sound. I have sound bowls and rattles. And then also through the emotional, I call it mental, physical, emotional, um, and psychological and spiritual levels, all levels. And so I kind of go between levels and and things shift. It's really powerful. And people usually relax. And a lot of times at the end of the session, fall asleep. And is there something that you could actually guide us with if we could not come and see you or we um, are not able to have access to this kind of healing? Is there some tool that we can use to get started, uh, which helps us to restore a a deeper sense of safety and uh, feeling that we're safe enough to fall asleep, safe enough to go into the land of dreams. Yeah. So if people don't want to have sessions, we all have the ability to heal ourselves. And you've just brought up a great point. We all have access to this within us. We have a self-healing ability. We have ability to self-heal. We have the ability to align with our source connection, with our own relaxation. And so what I would say is um, it is about safety. And, and you know, since um, we were talking about Mother Earth is one of the things is there's um, going into a meditation where you just imagine Mother Earth holding you, that you're laying on the ground or um, I'll guide people. And I do have some journeys where you can do them, but on your own, just imagine being in your most beautiful place in nature, a place where you are feel connected to and safe and that you can lay there and listen to the, to the wind and feel the earth and allow yourself to receive that sense of support and groundedness. And as you do that, your nervous system begins to relax. Mm. It's a frequency. You know, uh, we nowadays, we call it grounding, you know, yes. just going around the earth. You know, there's, yes. you know, there's biomass or all sorts yes. of things and frequencies or yoga do nidra. Person, do you personally feel that we need those kind of um, grounding mats or is 
just tuning back to actually being connected to the earth? Well, here's the thing. It's a nice thing to say for us to say, just get grounded to the earth and you'll fall asleep. But a lot of people just don't know how to do that. And so that's why I like to guide people in my coaching and how to how to empower themselves to take care of themselves, not just for dreaming or sleeping in all areas so that they can kind of self, um, you know, have that self-healing and knowledge. So, yeah, I think that these tools like um, a biomat or, you know, listening to a recording or other external things that we bring in, I think they can be helpful for somebody who lives in a city or somebody who's completely stressed out to be to kind of jumpstart and get their nervous system to understand because we have to feel it. We have to know what it feels like. And, you know, now I can lay there and feel that close my eyes and because uh, I've done it so many times. But if you're not going outside, like in the dead of winter in the middle of the city with, you know, and there's a lot of stress and somebody has trauma, you know, something like a, a biomat or a recording or, you know, all these sorts of things to help them and assist them can be helpful. I don't believe in, um, you know, relying on the external because we can do it within, but we all need assistance. We all need a support, whether it's, you know, a friend or a coach or a healing practitioner or a mat or something. So it's just, you know, learning. It's it's learning uh, how to, you know, once the nervous system knows how to relax, and knows to pay attention to the dreams, then, you know, you're on the track, but you have to get from, if you're not on a good track, you have to be able to get to the track. So, yeah. Um, And I know you shared a lot, but I do want to ask you one more question, which is how can dreaming actually help us in our waking life? And you did mention this when you spoke about the indigenous tribe and how uh, dreaming is all the time. It's not just when you're sleeping, you're perpetually a dreamer. So I would love to know what did you mean by that and how can it actually help us? So we're all we're always dreaming because we all have a subconscious and unconscious, and we have also a super conscious. And basically, whatever is in our subconscious is what we're creating. So if you say I'm happy, everything's good, but in your subconscious, you know, I'm afraid, and I'm fearful, then the message that's getting created is life, I'm fearful, I'm not safe. Even if you try to make an affirmation, (laughs) do a mantra, It's still in your subconscious. And so dreaming is being aware of what's in your subconscious and putting what you want to be in your subconscious, which is your basically your super conscious is when you are dreaming. So what that means in indigenous terms is that you are connecting with what you really It's like you feel and you see the world in a better place. You feel and you see what it would be like to live the life that you love. So when you start to feel it, not just as an idea, then what you're doing and you're choosing that, 
you're saying to your, that's what you're in your super conscious, you know, when we're in those states of bliss, we're in the super conscious and you're putting that into your subconscious. And when we do that, we're always dreaming. So we can either dream the old trauma, the old beliefs, or we can put in that subconscious what we're dreaming. And there's a way to do that. And in indigenous cultures, they, um, well, in the the Caro tradition, you know, they have coca leaves and they bless them and they chew them. And as they chew them, they are connecting with nature. And it's like a, a way of dreaming. It's a way of saying, you know, we're connecting to nature and we're putting, we're being in this state of mind and we're doing it all the time. I'm in this state of not mind where I'm feeling and I'm seeing the beauty of all that is the gratitude of all that is. And when we're in that space, it's like when we're in that space, that's what shows up. That's what we're creating. So we all know that from quantum physics we're waking up here and knowing that we're waking up and making a choice. So it's like, am I dreaming? And then we realize, well, I, in a way I am dreaming. What do I want to dream? So it gives us the opportunity to redirect that subconscious to what we want. And so in the indigenous culture, they're always dreaming in, you know, they're not focusing on the negative. They're not worrying. They're in the moment. And that's the skill of dreaming. I think that's beautiful, Ashira. And I know I want to respect your time. and But I do want to get a peek into some food customs of the indigenous culture. And what did you actually eat? Is there something that taught you uh, about how to eat or what to eat when you were there? Because I think there is a deep science in most ancient um, traditions about eating intuitively. So I'd like to just get a little peek into that before I let you go. Hmm. Well, um, you know, everybody has their custom in eating and in, in, um, in Peru, they're simple people in the mountains and they live off the land and um, potatoes are the big thing. And I was just talking to some <laughs> uh, friends yesterday about the potatoes, that there's over 500 var- varieties wow. of potatoes. <laughs> and, um, but then potatoes are so nutritious. They, the sun is so powerful, the light, the soil, there is so much power that the potatoes are so enlivening. And so I ate some potatoes, but basically I ate all sorts of things. Um, And I think it's, it's it's not necessarily what we eat or what they ate, but it's the relationship just like dreaming, just like to our lives, to the thing. It's not just the symbol of it, you know, like the eagle, it's our relationship to it. So the relationship to, oh, I pulled this potato or corn or whatever it is from the earth and gratitude and the feeling of richness and abundance while cooking food and while eating food no matter how simple is enlivening. Mm. 
Mm. And, you know, when I heard your question, I said, how does that relate? It's like, well, <laughs> it really does relate because, you know, it's, it's the I'm way sorry. we bring our attention <laughs> to something that shifts our bodies, yes. our mind, our sleep. Yes. So when you eat and it's about eating and sharing your meal, you know, yeah. sharing and in gratitude, and then you're happier, you're more connected, and then you dream more, you sleep better, and you feel like you're here in this world and have a purpose. So, yeah. And, and I think that's why I asked you, Ashera, because for me, there was a world of difference when I lived in the ashram in the Himalayas. There was, I mean, I don't think there was any food was out of uh, any food was considered toxic or it was more that there was a deep spiritual aspect to cooking and eating and the attention that was brought to sitting on the floor and eating your meals with love whatever it was and I think that's why I asked you that to see if there was some comparison to being in the Himalayas and other mountains very similar in terms of these practices because eventually food is something that should be considered a spiritual aspect it's not about breaking it down into macronutrients or uh, and that's why I asked you that totally off topic questions <laughs> and do you have any final words to share about sleeping and dreaming before we come to the end of the show uh, yeah thanks Deepa I, um, yeah it's been really fun to be here and and share and see what comes through and hopefully, you know, um, others can really slow down. I think the message is coming and become more conscious, not just of what you put in your body, but how you approach, you know, do you eat in front of your computer? Do you, you know, or your sleep being more conscious that I'm, I'm going to sleep to have a beautiful experience and make an intention. This is really what we're, you know, the essence, what we're coming down to is bringing your intention to your sleep, saying, you know, I'd love to have a beautiful, restful sleep. And even what you would like to do if you woke up, put your hand up before you go to sleep. If I awoke in my dream, I would love to the dolphins fly with the eagles you know, and even if it doesn't happen, you're bringing your in-self into that state of dreaming, dreaming your world into being, dreaming your sleep into being, and shifting from stress and trauma and challenge into what you really love. And when we do that over and over, then um, we can change our lives. And um, I definitely believe that and also have had that experience of that in my life. But that will be for another <laughs> another show I can share with you my story. So that's I what think I want we should have you back on the show and get your story, Ashera. I'm, sh I'm sure it will take several more magical turns on that episode. But uh, we have a mantra on the show and I'd like you to complete it for us. So if sleep is the new medicine then what would ashira complete that then we must pay attention to our breath 
our intentions and our dreams. Thank you, Ashira. Where can people reach out to you or find you if they'd like to know a little bit more? Uh, they can find me on my website. It's luminosityhealingarts.com. That's luminosityhealingarts.com. Yes. Thank, Thank you so you much. for your time. I truly am grateful for this. And I hope this soul connection continues to last and takes us into greater spaces. But I'm so glad that I had you here today. Likewise, uh, see you in the dream world <laughs> with the eagles. Thank you so much. <laughs> beautiful time. It was a gift. Thanks. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or the professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help on your health journey, do seek out a qualified professional. Please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional. It is in no way intended as medical advice or a treatment or cure for any condition be sure to always directly work with a qualified practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding if you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com it is important that you have someone who is qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care, especially when it comes to chronic health condition. Be sure to subscribe to the Sleep Whisperer podcast on your favorite podcast app to get each episode as soon as it launches.